Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to Qatar for the Game Day World Cup podcast. With me, Sam Matterface, alongside TalkSports football correspondent Alex Crook and the Mirror's assistant editor, Darren Lewis. Every day when you wake up, we are here to give you a little bite-sized delivery from the World Cup, bringing you a roundup of all the day's action from the night before and looking ahead to the afternoon's games. The top stories this Monday morning. Germany come from behind against Spain to keep their World Cup hopes alive. What is going so wrong for Belgium's golden generation? Costa Rica blow Group E wide open after beating Japan. And how will Brazil cope without Neymar against Switzerland? There's a massive, massive debate amongst the Brazilian press for whether or not he should have stayed on as long as he did. It's the Game Day World Cup podcast from TalkSport. Oh yes, so much to talk about today. And there is a huge row going on in Brazil about whether or not Tite should have taken Neymar off a little earlier and did that add to the injury uh, that Neymar has suffered, which could rule him out until the quarterfinal stages. The back pages in England suggesting that Phil Foden will be involved in the game tomorrow when England take on Wales. And Harry Kane, not 100% fit, apparently, in that game on Friday night against the USA. Who would have thunk it? Uh, Germany won. Spain won. That was the full-time score on Sunday night. Germany come from behind to keep their World Cup campaign alive. And it was a terrific football match, Darren Lewis. Yeah, it really was. Uh, two top teams, two great performances from either side, fabulous goals to Morata. Lots of people had that role their eyes when he came on, but the finish was of the highest class. And Fulkrug taking his uh, Bundesliga form, uh, 11 goals before the tournament started into the Premier League, uh, to the Premier League, into the World Cup. Uh, but fabulous game, fabulous goals. And I would expect to see both teams now at the knockout stages. Uh, Crook, we were watching that game last night all t- together. Um, Nico Fulkrug came off the bench and scored the equalising goal. He wasn't even an international footballer three weeks ago. An incredible rise because it wasn't too long ago that he was playing in Bundesliga 2. Yes, absolutely amazing. I've got to admit, I didn't know too much about him um, until he came on last night, but he's a bit of a, a throwback centre-forward, isn't he? A bit of a battling ram. Took his goal really well. And I think on the balance of play, Germany were well worthy of a point and you have to give them credit for dusting themselves down after that defeat against Japan. Surprise defeat in their opening game to produce a performance of that calibre against a Spain team, Sam, that I know you think could well go on and lift the trophy. You look at the group now, I think we'd expect both the big guns uh, to go through. And uh, I guess that's a shame for Japan uh, with the way that they started the tournament and picking up that 
seismic victory. But yeah, I think Germany now will, will come through. And despite their lack of quality compared to German sides of the past, you can never write them off when you get into the, the knockout stages of a World Cup. If you are Spain now, Darren, do you actually think like a tournament team and allow yourself to be beaten by Japan, knowing full well that you've got a huge goal difference and you're going to go through anyway and you know, take your chances with Costa Rica because you don't think they're going to beat Germany and, and knock Germany out of the tournament? I mean, is there anything illegitimate about doing that? I, I don't think you would do that. And I think there would be a lot legitimate illegitimate about doing that because I think when you're at a tournament, you want to establish your culture of winning. I think what Spain should do in their final game is give minutes to the players that haven't had game time yet so that they can build up ahead of steam going into the knockout stages. I, I was at Japan's game yesterday and they blew their big chance to take control of the group, knowing that this game, Spain-Germany, could have been a one-all draw. I still think, as far as Spain is concerned, they can't afford to take that final game for granted because what happened to Japan is a reminder that if you do get complacent, you can get stunned. So I would give minutes to some of the players that haven't had game time, but I would still go into this game, this final game, aiming to win because Japan believed that they can do to Spain what they did to Germany. What is wrong with negotiating a tournament? It is a tournament. You are going to try and get to the final of your Spain. Why can't you do everything in your power to ensure that Germany don't come back to haunt you in the final crook? I mean, we look on it really bad, actually, if they if they, if they were just backed off a little bit and, and played out um, a game where Japan ended up winning by a goal to nil. But that would probably send Japan and Spain through to knockout stages. Germany would be sent packing. And then Germany couldn't come back later on in the tournament and haunt Spain should they get to the final. Would that not be an intelligent way of, of managing a tournament or would that just be corrupt and wrong and, and evil and horrible and completely against the spirit of the game? I think corrupt is a strong word, but you're, you're totally taking out of the equation the fact that Costa Rica could beat Germany and therefore Spain would be knocking themselves out uh, as well as Germany. Did you Spain have had Costa Rica? Costa, yeah, but... Rica, Costa Rica couldn't even cross a ball at some points during the game yesterday. Yeah, but Saudi Arabia have beaten Argentina, Japan have beaten Germany. This World Cup has already taught us to take nothing for granted. So Spain certainly won't be doing that. And uh, I think the Spanish public will be quite grateful that uh, Senor Mataface is not the head coach. Has <laughs> <laughs> their I'm World Cup faith in his hands. I hope that Germany and Spain go through because actually really what I want is a, is a last 16 that, lit, that is littered with mouth-watering fixtures. And it certainly looks as if we are going to get that. Uh, Japan nil, Costa Rica won. Costa Rica blew their uh, group wide open with that victory. <sighs> Costa Rica can actually top the group if they beat Germany and Spain drew with Japan, which is incredible. Uh, bearing in mind, they're probably the worst team I've seen at this tournament. Um, Japan, a little underwhelming, I thought. Um, tactically, they made a lot of changes. Why did they do that, Darren? Only he knows. He said in the press conference, the Japan head coach, that he had to respect Costa Rica. It was a jaw-dropping assessment to make, given that Costa Rica had been smashed up 7-0 in a previous game. And one or two of us English journalists in that press conference were a bit dumbfounded. The local press, and certainly the Japanese press, were not impressed at all. I think Japan's attitude was all wrong. I think some of the players that were in there were just not good enough, and he waited far too long to respond 
this is a bold thing to say, but I think he could pay with his job if they don't now go through because they had lots of chances to win, but their final ball was awful. The first half, they failed to create hardly a, a chance worthy of the name. There was a ball across the box from Doan, who had scored one of the goals in the first game, but there was no real desire from the forward players, uh, the other forward players, to get into the box and tuck it away. And Costa Rica basically gave Japan what they deserved. It is staggering to me, Senor Mataface, that Mitoma, who does so well in the Premier League, can't get into the side. Tomiyasu, who plays for the Premier League leaders at Arsenal, can't get into that side, did play a single minute yesterday. And I just think as far as the head coach is concerned, he is making, he made something that was seemingly straightforward, very difficult. And now he believes he can beat Spain. Yes, in keeping with the tournament, there's every chance. In reality... Is that going to happen, really? Um, not when Spain need to get something to get through to the next stage of the competition, I wouldn't have thought. But at Matoma, the only mitigating circumstances I can think of is that I know he had a little bit of an illness coming into the tournament, Darren, and I think that that was the reason he didn't start the first game. But uh, they brought him on in, the, in that first game, played him at left back, and he basically helped change that game. And it was so odd that a coach who was so tactically astute in the first match and turned a huge game around so, so very well with tactical complexities, which should have been applauded and what were applauded, that he seemed to surrender so much in the game against Costa Rica. Very odd. Well, uh, if I could just say, yeah, I, I, I have a view. If you're on the bench, you're fit to play, basically. Mm. Um, and I think as far as Mutomo is concerned, you say that he came on that first game and created chances. When he came on in the second today, again, different game, created chances down the left-hand side almost immediately. You could see the impact, the the, the the rise in the level of quality in the Japanese attack was almost immediate. And this is the reason why I think Moriasu could pay with his job if they go out. They blew it yesterday big time. Croatia 4, Canada 1. We were watching this game together, Crook, and at one point when it was 1-0 to Canada, you, you said to me, is it me? Or is there a lot of tired old, ageing teams at this tournament. And then Croatia scored four goals. <laughs> <laughs> Alfonso Davis capped off a remarkable journey to score Canada's first ever World Cup goal. And it was after, I think, one minute and I think it was eight seconds, was it? One minute, eight seconds, the fastest goal of the tournament so far. It was an absolute brilliant goal as well, wasn't it? He stole him from that left-hand side to get on the end of that cross and nudge it home with a brilliant header. At that point, and we were in the Canadian, uh, the Canadian soccer house at the time, because that's in the hotel that we're in, <laughs> going absolutely crazy. And then it, it obviously changed Croatia's experience. Managed to uh, to come through. Zatko Dalic says the opposite, his opposite number needs to learn some things, hence why they didn't shake hands afterwards. I mean, John Herdman, the English school teacher who went through non-league and ended up as the Canada coach. What does he need to learn well, there was a bit of need before that game, uh, wasn't there, um, between the two coaches. So I think that spilled over. And uh, that's why uh, Zalic was so uh, so exuberant in his celebrations on the touchline. It's a shame because Canada played really well again. Um, you know, they've got a lot of dynamism in their team. They've got a lot of energy. They got their early goal. They had chances. And then they completely collapsed after conceding. And then it was just really naive play with the spaces they left Croatia to exploit. In, in fairness... Croatia were, were ruthless and, and clinical uh, with the chances 
that came their way. And they did, as you've already pointed out, uh, make me my words. And uh, again, maybe they're a, a potential dangerous dark horse come the knockout stages because obviously they do have that, that star turn in, in Luka Modric, who never needed to rely on pace to, to, to influence games at the top level. Belgium nil, Morocco 2. Before the tournament, Crook and I did the Samsung pod um, in King's Cross and we did a big preview about who might be uh, the flops of the tournament and we mentioned Belgium. Pressure is certainly on Roberto Martinez now because he has not only only narrowly beaten Canada, they've now lost to Morocco. And obviously for many years we've put our stall in Belgium because of their golden generation. But you look at them now, they, they do replicate what Crook said about the tired aging teams many of them have suffered big injuries and and haven't been able to rekindle their former form Darren this is a team that could be the biggest flop of this World Cup isn't it yeah I mean nobody looks at Belgium and and I was even watching some of the TV analysis after the match and I I saw one or two of the pundits say the same thing they had tipped Belgium to be one of the flops of the tournament. They always underwhelm. I cannot remember the last time I saw Belgium put in a, a jaw-droppingly good performance. And they are an ageing team. There does seem a suggestion that there's infighting as well. Kevin De Bruyne talked about the team getting older in an interview with our colleagues at The Guardian. Uh, Jan Vertonghen responded post-match by suggesting that maybe the team was too old, maybe our attack was too old, which has been interpreted as a dig at what De Bruyne had said. The last thing you need when you're in trouble is two players within your team arguing, and certainly two senior players within your team, and those two are very very senior. They're an old team, they look a tired team, they look a team that De Bruyne apart really underachieves on a regular basis, and the, the funny thing about it is they're not out at all. They've won their first game albeit unconvincingly, yes, nobody believes they'll win the thing, but they can still go through. So it's a, a incredible that they're imploding at the moment, but they are a, a huge disappointment. Again, you're talking about, we all like what Roberto Martinez, but when you get to this level, you've got to do better than, than they're doing at the moment. He might be in a little bit of trouble as well. Well, Roberto Martinez's contract is up at the end of the World Cup, and this uh, could push him over the edge, which is remarkable, really, because um, Morocco did have Bono in goal, uh, but he uh, cried off after the national anthems. Did you see that? The goalkeeper from Morocco lined up in the uh, uh, national anthem warm-up and then decided they couldn't play. So they changed the goalkeeper at the last minute. See, when you were, were talking there, I thought you were lining up a U2 gig. Uh, a gag, but I did see that. Um, yeah, very odd it, situation. It, um, it was a little bit of a, a, a YouTube gag, you know, because I said he was on the edge, and then Bono. I don't. You, but oh, you don't really know. Answer. You don't really know that the edge also is in the band, do you? No, no. Uh, so, I didn't think you would. Totally out of my head. And actually, uh, <laughs> that goes back to uh, an experience by our pool yesterday when Stuart Pearce was leading quite a competitive game of um, Popmaster, Yeah, um, I was a spectator purely. They got 36 out of 39, Stuart Pearce, Jim Proudfoot and Tony Cascarino. Impressive. OK, let's just quickly reflect on Friday night again, because FIFA has confirmed that the stadium air conditioning was switched off for England's draw with the USA. And I don't know if England players are sort of using this as an excuse, but one or two of them apparently complained it was very hot. Now, the rules are that for the four and seven uh, games, uh, so therefore the seven and 10 p.m. games, 
here in Qatar, that the stadium conditions would be assisted by match by match basis. And if there was, if it was over 24 degrees, then it would stay on during the matches to ensure that all the uh, games are played at the same temperature. But apparently it was 26 degrees on Friday night and the air conditioning was turned off an hour before the game. Could that have had an impact on England's sluggish performance, Darren, do you think? Was it just two degrees too hot for them? Let's not go down that road. We, we just weren't very good. And and that's OK. It, it's OK not to be very good. We talked on the last part, didn't we, about the fact that they were terrible against Scotland. And nobody remembered it by the time that they got to the final in the Euros last year. So I don't think Friday matters that much. It, this is a new day, a new team. Uh, we'll hopefully see new players as well from the start. And I think we just should go back to being positive about it. Friday's a distant memory now. We're still a good team. We've still got a great chance. OK, let's move to Monday. It's a big night. Portugal, Uruguay live with Crook at 7 o'clock on TalkSport. And before that, Brazil are backing action. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Chipping motive, brilliant goal. From 20 yards out, right-footed into the top corner. Mitrovic, left-hand side of the box, has to turn onto his right foot, gets a shot away, brilliant goal, Mitrovic. Jonathan overhead kick, what a goal! One of the greatest in World Cup history, a magic moment, a moment never to be forgotten. Shakiri gets it across the face of going follow for Switzerland. It's going to bounce in the six-yard area. It's going to be put in by Song Hyun Min. Andre, are you the old stager? 
has it for Garner. Suarez! Back in the side, back amongst the goals, Uruguay lead. History! History for Portugal and Cristiano Ronaldo. He becomes the first player to score at five World Cups. The World Cup bandwagon rolls on. Brazil versus Switzerland live on TalkSport. I was at the Brazil-Switzerland press conference yesterday and it was all kicking off. The fans who support Brazil called Tite the professor, but um, he was getting absolute pelters from the journalists that have represented the South American country because he fell to spot that Neymar was injured during the match. He admitted it. I did not know that he was that Injured. Obviously, he then came off. He's now going to miss the group stages, at least, maybe even the last 16 game. And they were furious about the fact their gift to football, as they call him, uh, was not wrapped in cotton wool. How will Brazil cope without their injured uh, superstar, Alex? Do you know what? There's a few people, a few of the ex-pros on the Talk Sport team who are suggesting that they could actually be a better team without Neymar in it. Now, that sounds fanciful, doesn't it? Because obviously, he is one of the best players in the world. Although I do think we were discussing this last night. I do think he's a little bit overhyped. You know, the Brazilian supporters seem to think he's some kind of gift from God. You know, I, I don't think he's on the level that Messi and Ronaldo were. And I think and I think Mbappe is on the level that will surpass him. The issue that a lot of our ex-pros have is that he spent too much time, Harry Kane style against the USA, dropping deep into midfield in that first game, that the victory against Serbia. And that actually caused Brazil more problems than it solved. Obviously, they're going to want to try and get him back as quickly as possible. But I do wonder, you know, given the clamour back home, if Brazil were to go deep into the draw, are we heading for a sort of Ronaldo-France 98 situation where he gets rushed back, maybe even for a final where he isn't fully fit and it completely backfires? Yeah, I mean, Danilo is also injured. I actually think that's probably more significant because the other alternative right back is Dani Alvarez. Uh, and Dani Alvarez, and he's uh, 39 years of age and, and hasn't too much football. He's been playing in Mexico after going on a free transfer and almost having six months off. But the talk yesterday was quite intense. Crook's right. They do treat him like some sort of messianic figure, Neymar. Does he have as much impact for Brazil as they think, or, 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 or are we missing something or, or, or are they overplaying his importance, Darren, do you think? Well, I don't think they're overplaying his importance. I mean, look, personally, I'm of, I'm of Crook's opinion. I, I'm not really that sold on, on, on Neymar, but I can see why Brazil fans love him and, and treat him as this kind of messianic figure because Brazilians grow up the kind of fantasy in his football that Neymar tries to provide. I know you guys joke about my age all the time, but, you know, I grew up on the 82 vintage of Adair and Falcao and Socrates and Junior and players who would basically stroll around a pitch performing skills because that's what Brazilian football is all about. It's not just about the game and the tactics and everything else, but it's about expressing yourself. And that's what Neymar tries to do in a game. So that's why they love him. And... I, I think if if they want to win, great. You can pick another player to get in there and, and and replace him for the final couple of games and they'll be okay. But if you want the kind of fantasy that he tries to provide, you want a Neymar in your team. So I get why they, 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 they love him so much. Brazil uh, haven't won their opening two games at a World Cup since 2010, but 
you would expect them to beat Switzerland today, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, you were pretty sort of dismissive about Switzerland's chances when we were discussing it last night, Alex. Yeah, you know, Switzerland, uh, another team, and there's a few in this tournament that have, have got some pedigree. I would put Poland in that category as well, but they've just not got a lot of quality, have they, in, in the forward area. So I, I can't really make a case for, for Switzerland hurting Brazil, even without Neymar. I would expect Brazil to win, probably with a couple of goals to spare and go on and book their place in the knockout stages. All eyes will be on Richarlison to see if he can follow up what he did in the first game and be an unlikely contender, I think, certainly from the, from the outset of the tournament for the Golden Boot. Um, is that a little bit negligent, Darren? Bearing in mind, Switzerland have won their last four competitive games. and It's also seen them beat Portugal and Spain during that run. I think it is, you know. Um, I, I only slightly disagree with Crook, but I do look at that Swiss team. Nobody gave them a chance in the Euros against the French. And everyone expected them to get smashed up against Cause the world. problems against Spain as well. Absolutely. And I just think as far as Switzerland are concerned, there's zero pressure on them. Brilliant Bolo scored already to get himself off the mark in midfield. Jacker looks a different player these days. And until Brazil scored the other night, was I that impressed with them? I mean, I think they're good, but I, I don't know. I... I would give Switzerland a squeak in this one, even to, to get a draw. I'd, I'd maybe not win, but certainly to get something out of the game, I'd give them a squeak. Brazil won the last eight matches in all competitions, and they've only conceded two goals during that time. They're unbeaten in 16 matches in all competitions since they lost the Copa America final against Argentina in 2021. Chiche did try to change the narrative about how he hadn't spotted the injury uh, to Neymar uh, by saying uh, that uh, he felt as if referees need to get stronger with uh, players that target stars at this World Cup. If we want to protect the beauty of football, we've got to stop uh, big players like Neymar being targeted. Let's tell the truth, he said. He was targeted. He was fouled nine times during the game. Uh, with Serbia. Um, and he's probably got a little point there. Uh, Portugal versus Uruguay is live on TalkSport at 7 o'clock. Crook proudly proclaimed yesterday, I've got the best game of the day. Why are you so excited about it? Well, I think there's always excitement uh, when it comes to, to Cristiano Ronaldo um, and Portugal. I think Uruguay were a team, a lot of pundits, a lot of experts, particularly in South America, were tipping again to maybe be one of the unexpected packages. Didn't happen in their first game against South Korea mainly because they had 78-year-old Luis Suarez labouring around up front. I'd be surprised if he starts this game. Cavani, for me, looked much sharper um, when he came on, so I think that's an obvious change. On the subject of ageing footballers, looks like uh, Pepe, or Pep, I think, as he wants to be called, is the correct pronunciation, is going to come into the Portugal team because Danilo has broken some ribs, so it's going to be potentially um, the battle of the golden oldies when it comes to the Uruguayan attack and the Portuguese defence. I just think there's such a circus now following Cristiano Ronaldo. He's got that uh, fifth goal at a World Cup finals, at five different finals. He's out to prove a point. He's out to try and prove to clubs in the Champions League, the biggest clubs in Europe, that he can still do a job for them. He's basically putting himself in the shop window for a move in January. So there's all kinds of narratives, and that's before you even start to get down to the implications of what it could mean for the group. Portugal will qualify for the round of 16 if they win. If South Korea and Ghana is a draw early in the day, then a win for Portugal would see them top the group with just a, a victory against uh, Uruguay live at seven o'clock. How many nil-nils have you had already? Three, well, I think, so far. No, You've had three, have you? No, I've had two. No, I've had two. I've had, I've had two nil-nils, a one-nil and a two-nil. So I, I'm due a goal fest. 
And I think this game could deliver goals because, let's be honest, defensively, Portugal were all over the shop in that first game against Ghana. Jeremy is our producer. He will clip that up tomorrow and play it back to you when it's Portugal nil, Uruguay nil. Uh, South Korea against Ghana is on talk sport at one o'clock. Um, can Son have a bit more of an impact in this game than he did in the last one, Darren? Possibly. Uh, Ghana, one of the youngest squads in the tournament. But what they don't have in experience, they make up for in energy. They can score goals as well as they did against the Portuguese, though. I think this will be an even game. I really do. I don't think the Ghanaians will have any fear. I do think there's a huge amount of pressure on Son to deliver. They do have good players all over the park. Often we get down that road of only going for Son because he's the only player that we know. But they've got quality all over the pitch that the South Koreans. So I wouldn't rule them out at all. I think this game could be a goal fest because both sides need to win. Yeah, well, Ghana will be unable to reach the round of 16 if they lose this game. Uh, so that will be um, disastrous for them. They are winless in the last five World Cup matches and South Korea have never won a second group stage game at any of their 10 previous appearances at World Cup. So this could be nil-nil as well. Um, Cameroon against Serbia um, is live on TalkSport 2 at 10am this morning. If Cameroon lose to Serbia, they will be unable to progress to the round of 16 if Brazil avoid defeat later in the day, which we expect them to do. South Korea versus Ghana straight after that one on TalkSport. Portugal, Uruguay, 7 o'clock. Crookie's main feast for the night. And Brazil versus Switzerland live on TalkSport at 4 o'clock. I will be there today. I'm very much looking forward uh, to watching Brazil in the flesh. And I'm a little bit on, on the side of uh, some of those talk sport pundits who believe that Brazil might perform just a little bit better uh, without indulging Neymar in that free role behind the striker. Uh, Crook, thank you very much to you tomorrow. You'll be with me and Scott Minto when everybody wakes up in the morning. And Darren, thank you very much. What have you got planned today? Um, I am going to hopefully go to the Ghana game uh, because I know that there is a lot riding on that. I am not scheduled to work at the match, so I can enjoy it. And um, I've been enjoying all of them, haven't I? So, um, yeah, that should be good. That is commitment to the course. He just loves his job so much that he goes to games that he's not even (laughs) being paid to work on. Bravo, Darren Lewis. We've we've all done the same. I'm following your lead. Crook's been to every single match, I think. Have you ever been to every single match? (laughs) Pretty much, haven't you? He finishes one match, puts his mic down and gets on the Metro and goes to the other one before everybody else leaves. I did see Adrian Durham and Jim Proudfoot do all four games in uh, one day on Sunday, which was pretty impressive. Incredible, yeah. Um, that's good effort. Um, I think they missed one goal. They missed one goal over the course of the day, which was pretty good. Um, okay, thank you very much, uh, gentlemen. It's Crooksy tomorrow. Uh, remember, you can download the podcast from all your usual providers. And it's also available on the TalkSport app. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.